What's up, guys? Sorry to interrupt podcast here. This is the NFL Wednesday edition podcast on a Saturday. It was a busy week, to say the least. Um, so we are, as always, brought to you by SorrySports.com. Sean and I jumped right in this week. We had a lot going on. Talked about the Jets, talked about the Giants for a lot less time than we usually do. Sean has finally, he's over it. He's moved on to the next season. Um, we broke down the AFC and the NFC from last week. Then we went over some league news, finally got into a little bit of Le'Veon Bell talk quickly, broke down some trades that we thought would be impactful on the league and impactful on some of the teams. Then we recapped our picks and we made our picks for this week up and coming. Should be a good week of football. Sean finally does not have to watch the New York Giants this week because they are on a bye. Uh, we will be back very shortly in about 48 hours with our Monday rundown pod, maybe a college basketball preview on there. Enjoy this pod, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Sorry underscore Sports. Always check out the website. And if you guys have anything to say, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Have a good one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. It is our NFL podcast from this week. We are getting to it quite late this week. It's been a busy, busy last few days. Yeah, Sean and I have real jobs, unfortunately. It maybe, really sucks. Maybe if you guys started sending us money or something, we wouldn't have to have I'd like real to jobs. just like wake up and say, what's my job today? Record a podcast. Awesome. Nice. Life would be good. It would um, be good. But we are getting it to you now here on Saturday morning prior to the slate of games tomorrow and the Didn't Monday Didn't really game. think it was a big deal that we didn't do it before the Niners uh, Raiders game. No. I didn't think that was that big Mullins, of a deal. man. He's my new he's my new quarterback. Love that Future guy. Giants quarterback. That's right. Out of Southern Miss. What a gem. Undrafted. But no. So we're going to get into the NFL. Talk about all things from last week. Our takeaways from the matchups, in addition to our locals, and then we'll do what we always do, which is pick, or do our picks for this week and uh, comb over all league notes, especially after uh, the trade deadline, which was a little more active this year than it has been in the past, which was kind of cool following the trade deadline. And the NFL is not something that usually is worth noting, but uh, this year there was actually some action. So we're going to start off by mentioning the Week Eight game, New York Jets ended up losing to the Chicago Bears in the second second straight week. Uh, Tom, give me your takeaways from that game. This team is murdered by injuries up and down the roster. I mean, the only healthy guy seemingly is Sam Darnold. Knock on wood, let's hope for that one to your stay baby the boy, same. Please yeah. don't get hurt. Absolutely. Do not, Anybody else can get hurt except for him. Him and Crowell seem to be the only healthy guys on the team. Um, can you name a wide receiver on this team? Uh, not a healthy one. No, exactly. So it's difficult to win a game when your team is decimated by injuries. But again, they're playing hard. No name guys. I don't expect them to. I really don't expect them to win too many more games. I, I looked at their ESPN projections and I think they were projected to win like six games this year, which is an improvement. It's better one than game the last more, few right? years. So I'll still take it. Definitely. Especially when you don't have a first round draft pick coming up, but it's tough. It's tough to see all these guys go down. But again, where it's not like we're the Niners, where we expected to be a playoff team, and then we got killed by injuries, starting with McKinnon and all the way through Garoppolo and everybody else. Team wasn't expected to make the playoffs. Let's just hope Darnold continues to win and play through adversity. Not even win, but just play well, play through adversity, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think I'm not depressed. I'm just tired. That's all. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think I'm like dying over this. I knew the Jets weren't going to be good this year. And all these injuries are just the reason. It's not an excuse. It's just the reason why they suck so bad. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, people generally say when it comes to injuries, oh, everybody goes through them. And, but when you don't give a rookie quarterback anybody to throw the ball to with a team We're that already blocking. has a bad offensive line uh, and there's problems in the secondary too with some elite players or possibly elite players that haven't been able to stay on the field, you know, you're just not going to win a lot of games as you spoke to. I think the one thing that's still troubling with the Jets, though, man, and, and you can say everything about their injuries and, and the lack of talent where, you know, they probably shouldn't be winning some of these games, the penalties are just – they continue to just destroy you guys. And yeah. you, if you're – It's so like an every other week thing. If you're, if you're a team that, that doesn't have the personnel or, you know, due to he health concerns or just due to lack of talent, you cannot continue – 
to shoot yourself in the foot with untimely penalties and given a quarter a rookie quarterback you know already a false start and on, on now starting first and 15 inside his own 25 you know that's with nobody to throw the ball to is a really tough situation and and I think this is when they're analyzing the Jets at the end of the season they're going to look at Bowles and say listen we're we're going to excuse you because of the situation that we put you in as far as personnel is concerned but I think this might be it for Todd Bowles because clearly this team continues to be undisciplined, make terrible mistakes, mental mistakes, and those are the things that you don't like to see. Yeah, that's the thing. By far, this team, especially with the injuries, is one of the least talented teams in the in the NFL. But you you at least want to see discipline. Oh yeah, and, and some competence out there, and he's definitely not coaching that, which is one of the only things that at this point he can control with, right. with the lack of talent on this team. It's just the penalties need to be cut down immensely. And We've been saying that for to, four so. years under Todd Bowles. Yeah, so and it's just it basically rolled over and kept the status quo because, I mean, Rex Ryan's teams were heavily penalized as well and running out there like wild men. So maybe kind the of next a culture guy, thing. Exactly. Maybe the next guy they just come in is the complete opposite of the two where these guys are more player coaches um, and – you know, they, they kind of let the players rule the locker room, which clearly hasn't been working. Maybe the next guy is more of a Tom Coughlin-esque kind of guy where if you're not 15 minutes early or late and all that, all those You might want to sign up for things. that. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, if that helps, the t- I'll take anything that will help this damn team win. I, I really don't care. I know this isn't our year, but it, it's disappointing seeing this. You know, a couple weeks I was happy with Todd Bowles. Especially, um, they won a couple weeks ago, and they cut down their penalties. They and were whatnot. three and three. Yeah, and, and it just seems to, aside from the injuries, have just come off the rails discipline-wise as well. And that's the only thing you can really judge this guy off of because you can't get mad at him for losing because of the talent. Exactly. But this it's team a very is not disciplined team, and yes. it's it's not good. This team is not designed to win with the players that they put on the field and, and, you know, the situation they have with a rookie quarterback. Rashad Matthews is your best skill player right now, aside from Isaiah Crowell. This guy was basically driven to the airport by the Tennessee Titans and kicked out for nothing, but, and they cut him. They couldn't even get anybody to trade for him. And he's your best wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Curse has had an okay year. Of course, year, yeah, but Curse, but he's, he's hurt all the yeah, time. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson's been going through injuries, and noon was been out. So. And Terrell Pryor is, like I told you earlier, now the best quarterback on the Buffalo Bills. Well, that's absolutely true. Like, I think if they signed either of us up, we could be one of the best quarterbacks for the Buffalo Bills. For sure. But, um, you know, so what are you thinking right now, man? If you're if you're with the Jets, right, so you're, you're getting ready to play the Dolphins tomorrow— you're three and five, sitting before the Dolphin game, and then the and then the Bills, and then the bye. What are you hoping for? Do you hope that you just bottom out, lose every game? I mean, I think you're going to be good enough to win a couple games. Or are you saying I'm content with a six win season, seven win season at if we tops, a, and finish up in like the bottom half of the top ten? If we had a pick, you know me, just being as a Knicks fan, I want to bottom out and try and get that first overall pick. But we don't, right. so. I want to win as many games as possible, and I want to see, although you said it over the last four years, it hasn't happened, so I don't think I could. it will happen within the next, what, eight weeks, nine or, or seven weeks, Todd Bowles cutting down on this team's penalties. I'd like to see them keep it close with the Dolphins, especially with I Brock think you Osweiler starting. Yeah, it is Brocktober. Or no, well, now Not it's anymore. November, but exactly, the calendar has turned to November, so I guess the... The carriage turns into a pumpkin now on Brock Osweiler. Hopefully, hopefully the Jets get a win there. And if you can't beat the Buffalo Bills, I really think that you Todd Bowles twice. should be fired. Uh, I, think, I think at the end of the year they let Todd Bowles go. I just don't think that you want your rookie quarterback to not have that continuity and that consistency. So you're going to wait till the end of the year to fire your, uh, to fire your head coach. But yeah. I'd just like to see maybe – two to three more wins that's I think, all I want and you know what I think that's very reasonable like I said you know you got the Dolphins tomorrow the Dolphins aren't a great team and then you've got the Bills twice you gotta imagine you can beat them yeah and you know maybe steal one more game that you're and you're looking down the line in the schedule that they can steal I I don't know I if the Jets I think as long as they play close as this already has a different feeling than it did last year where they kept games close but you didn't really know what your future was now you do. So, you know, you just continue to go from there. It's a different there. feeling than ever before, man. And, yeah, Since no, definitely Pennington is. probably. I mean, I would say even more so than that. 
And I think it's been reflected in, you know, hearing you talk and other Jet fans talk. Like, it's not that same old Jets kind of feel. It's like, you know, you know the situation you were in before the start of the season. You're excited about having the hopefully franchise quarterback. You know the injuries. You know the personnel on the field isn't fantastic. And the cards are stacked up against you as far as, you know, a possible playoff season is concerned. But you look for that evolution and progression, which is why I mentioned, you know, the the constant penalties and, and mental lapses under Todd Bowles yeah. are, are disconcerting. Well, that's what's going to end up hurting him is that it has nothing to do with the talent. And we've said that like four times already on this podcast. It's going to be the fact that the team's so undisciplined. And that's what's going to end up doing him in as a coach. And that's fine. He'll probably get a nice defensive coordinator job somewhere else. And you see it with guys like Hugh Jackson, who we'll talk about later. Some guys aren't meant to be head coaches. They're just meant to be coordinators. And I would put Todd Bowles in that category. Yeah, I think he could be a head coach, but it'd have to be the right situation. You can't have He'd him have as to a- have two really experienced and, and really well-spoken and strong coordinators yeah, for him to be and I think coach. also go to, a, go to a place where the quarterback situation is already taken care of. Yeah. And then go from there. Maybe like the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, the Mike McCarthy era, I think, has gone on five years too long. Yeah. But moving on, we're going to talk about the New York Giants. No, we are not going to do a rant about the New York Giants <laughs> like last here, week. Guys. A like couple five minutes. minutes. Um, so they did lose another game. The offense hit an all-time low again. The spread. The spread was one point. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I just thought it was an iffy spread, and I would – I would go with it, you know, when you see a weird spread like that, sometimes you go against the you green. You keep picking the Giants, and, and if it wasn't for that backdoor cover of the Falcon game that screwed me twice, um, you you would not be picking them. But they lost to the Redskins 20-13. to Yes, they mustered only 13 points, and let me tell you, it was more like six. They scored a touchdown with like two minutes left when the Redskins had called off the dogs. Jesus freaking Christ, man. This is just so depressing. And I yeah. know in the big picture, I want them to lose and they have to lose games, but it's unfreaking believable. I, I mean, it, I, it boggles my mind how this team can be this bad offensively with the weapons that they have. I'm not asking that they score 35 points a game, but really six points to the Redskins? Really? And that's where people are calling for Eli, but I'm telling you, and I texted you last Sunday, I did actually suffer through most of that game because doing the podcast, I got I to gotta give you my analysis of this dumpster <laughs> fire of a situation that yeah. I'm watching. And I tell you, if you know football, man, there's not a single way you could watch that game intelligently and say, yep. This is all on Eli and, no. and the offense. And I know we kind of said it a little bit when we did our open to our Monday podcast, this offensive line is maybe the Raiders are worse. Maybe they're on par. All I know is it, it is horrific and historically bad. Nate Solder is going to go down as one of the worst offseason signings of all time. I think he's a one-and-done contract year. So on this team alone, you had one of the worst draft picks of all time at the beginning of the year in Eric Flowers and one of the worst Ooh. offensive offseason signings of all time in Nate Solder. Uh, I'm not really surprised that they're 1-7 or whatever I mean, they are. Yeah, and, and again, you know, it, it, UI can't, is not converting on certain passes, but the drops, Sterling Shepard, two bad drops, one deep that would have been sure, a huge pass play. Right? Evan Ingram had one on a fir- on a third and four. Eli hits him right in the hands, was going to be like an eight-yard catch right through his hands and drops it. It looks like just a lack of concentration to me. And that his, his issue catching the ball is not a skill thing to me. I think he just has a lack of concentration on the field. And and because he doesn't get thrown to as much or he's not, you know, he's still trying to find his way back from an injury – he doesn't look comfortable and it shows this looks like this has all the makings of another giants draft bust. Cause he's not a pass blocking tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's a wide Let's receiver right who right now is struggling to catch the ball, which is not ever a good thing to say about a wide receiver or a pass catching tight end. So all I know is that when it rains, it pours. I think Odell, like he actually for the first time looked defeated on the sideline and wasn't actually screaming and yelling he made three catches in that game that were ungodly catches. He is so incredibly fun to watch. And I just wish I could watch him play on a team that was winning because 
He's unbelievable, man. He catches everything. He had a one-hander on a pass interference call. He was getting dragged to the ground. Had another one-handed one when the ball was basically behind him and caught it off right, right before it hit the, uh, the safety's helmet. He's ridiculous, and of course it doesn't matter. Saquon had a pretty pedestrian game. I think saves himself with all those catches because Eli's got to dump it down to him. Yeah. If you're looking at from just a pure stats perspective, because that's really all you can do. That's with the all Giants you can now. do. Yep. I mean, he's still going to be about a top five running back by any metric, just because he, of the catches and how dynamic of an offensive player he is. But. Yeah, Odell, it's never been about the the intensity that he plays with or the heart that he gives, and it's obviously never been about the talent. It's more just about the off-the-field stuff. Once he steps off the field, it's a different story, but I think we've talked enough about the 1-8 Giants well, what aside I wanted from is, one off-the-field thing. Yeah, so what I wanted to get into was that. And, and then when maybe I said we could talk about course, the playoff team in this matchup or the possible playoff team in the Redskins. Oh, we'll talk about the Redskins, yeah. But first things first is Kyle Aletta, who had a chance to maybe get some first-team reps this week. The Giants are on bye. Uh, they're not playing in Week 9. And everybody that's been calling for the quarterback, you know, great. I'd be willing to see Aletta if he could get to practice on time and not be in the police station because he got arrested Tuesday morning uh, being making an illegal left turn and then resisting to give his information to the police officers. I don't know why. I don't know what Kyle Aletta has done in his life to say, I'm Kyle Aletta, and I can get away with doing whatever I want. You're a fourth-round pick out of Richmond. You should be working your ass off to get to practice to show that even, yes, if you're a backup quarterback in New York on a team that's struggling, you are going to be front-page news. And... You know, he lost a big opportunity there. I don't think they're going to suspend him. I don't think they're going to – I think they'll probably fine him. But he lost an opportunity to get first-team reps, and it looks like Eli is going to continue to be the quarterback because Lalette, remember, was not even dressing. So he wasn't even prepared to be the backup. So I don't know what's going on. I think Eli is going to end up just keep playing. Thanks, Kyle Lalette. You know, it's, this is just unreal, man. The culture and around this team is just it's, – it's really disturbing. Segwaying over to the Redskins, though <laughs> – Dude, they they're gonna probably they might win this division. They yeah, made a move to sure up their secondary, acquiring yeah, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I think the Eagles made a bit more of an impactful move to to say something about this division. But Ha Ha is definitely a good safety. So and Adrian Peterson, I'm telling you, man, this guy had a couple of huge runs in that giant game. Oh man, he's, he's getting still, like 30 carries a game. He's, he's still really good. And mm-hmm. and Alex Smith, he puts the ball where it needs to be, man. I mean, those yeah. guys can make there plays. Was, there was one play in that game where Alex Smith made a terrible throw and just led Peterson right into right into a safety where he got lit up and hurt his hip. But I mean, the guy got back up, and it's like 10 seconds later, he's fully healed and fully healthy again somehow because he's Adrian Peterson. Right. And the guy's running like it's his first game ever, and he's fresh as anything. Redskins are not a fluke, though. I, I, I know no, people are this saying team that is they very are. Good defensively. This, it's a top-five run defense in the NFL. They got two big Alabama boys down on that line, and they're really doing a good job yeah, stopping Dar- the run. Darren Payne was a really good pick for them in the first round last year, and he's he's really shored up that defensive line. They're a good team. They're not a fluke. I keep re- ready to say, you know, they suck. They're not that no, great. Alex Smith is just going to manage this team right to the playoffs and then manage them right into a first-round loss. <laughs> but, I mean, this is exactly what they brought him here for, to win close games and to not make mistakes. He's back to being San Francisco Alex Smith, and I argued with you that I wanted to see him throw the ball down the field a little bit, but after watching this game... You know you're not going to win a Super Bowl, so you might as well take what you can get when it comes to Alex Smith. You got him for a couple more years, and just let him. He's not going to drive the ball down the field, but he's not going to lose you games either. Nope, and if you can hand it off to a guy like Adrian Peterson who's running the way he is, I think you're okay, and the defense can get stopped when they need to. And this team is banged up as well, but, I mean, because they don't have a – can you even name a wide receiver that's healthy on this team? Josh Doxson's been out, Paul Richardson, uh, Jamison Crowder. Every single player has been out. Thompson, the the uh, third down running back's been out. Jordan Reed's the only one who's been healthy, and he's yet to have been heard from this year, aside from one touchdown week one maybe. But, again, if you're giving the ball to Adrian Peterson and your defense is stopping teams and you can win 10-3, to or in this case because you were playing the New York Giants, 20-13, to 
I mean, listen, a win's a win, and that's all you really need in the NFL. This team looks like they're way, they're well on their way to the playoffs. Yeah, the NFC East is horrible. Um, the Eagles did get a win this week, but we'll see what happens. I, I think the Eagles that I, I do think that when they lost to the Panthers, what was that two weeks ago? Allowing the Panthers to score those twenty-four unanswered in the fourth quarter, I think that could have been a really bad, really bad loss. Because remember, the Redskins get the Giants again this year, so that's a, you can pretty much book that as another win. We are not going to go further about the Giants. I think we should get into the AFC. There were some big wins this week, and I want to start off with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. They basically ended Denver's season. Now they won thirty to twenty. It was not a very you know, impressive win. It was one of those games that, you know, you, you, you kind of struggle through. You find your rhythm. You're trailing early. But Mahomes made a couple big plays. Travis Kelsey was a monster in this game. And the Chiefs are a really good team. We know that. And I think they have to have wins like this. We talked about that with the Rams, right? You got to have wins when you're not playing great, when you're not looking amazing. Yeah, they show their they show that they're a top two, top three team in the league this week because you're not going to win every game fifty two to ten. No, and some games you got to grind out. And Andy Reid did a really good job because in these close games, sometimes he struggles with his clock management, his timeouts, his challenges, all the other things aside from designing a playbook. And he did a really good job this week, and Mahomes gutted it out, which is definitely what you want to see. Yeah, he's got some moxie to him, not just when he's slinging the ball all over the place, but also, you know, coming up with plays and 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 getting through it, the grind of an NFL game, especially an interdivision game. How about the Broncos, man? I really was expecting more from them this year. Case Keenum has turned back into Case Keenum. That defense is not nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. Really I thought have Bradley yet to Chubb hear from Bradley Chubb, yeah. was going to just make an immediate you know, tremendous impact on that line and kind well, of Von Miller has Von not gone Miller. back to that uh, that Super Bowl level of 2016. No, and I thought the two were going to feed off each other, and they and they have not. And the secondary is bad, and the offense has not been able to score the way I thought they could. It, just a bad situation for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a loss year basically, and John Elway is really going to have to reevaluate things when it comes to the quarterback position. Uh, aside from luring Peyton Manning over there, he's really taken a loss on every single move that he's made, whether it be Brock Osweiler or Paxton Lynch or anybody else. He's really had a, a difficult time. The only guy you could really give him credit for is Trevor Simeon because the guy was a seventh-round draft pick, and, and he's had a good career for a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah, he was the guy that actually could play okay when that when that Bronco defense was still at an all-time high. Yeah, but once really they started to go downhill, obviously he was not going to lead them, and, and he's not even on the team anymore. So, you know, Case Keenum obviously showed that he was more of a product of a Pat Shermer offense, and uh, now he's just been a middling quarterback for the for the Broncos, and their season's basically over, as we'll talk to or a little later on. They, they made a move that uh, – kind of signified that they were throwing up the white flag well yeah definitely um we'll we'll talk about that later but i think they just went a little younger too but let's move on to the new england patriots against the bills now i'm gonna say this to this game if you mean to tell me that colin kaepernick could not be a better quarterback than anything the buffalo bills have been running out this there this year you're drunk I, I totally agree. And and the thing, too, is like the people who forget about the political and social impact of, of that, right? Let's just think about it from football. People say, oh, he's been out of the league for two-plus years. I'm sorry. Where did Derek Anderson come from? He hasn't played a game since 2010. Yeah, there's no argument. You you I literally could counter any of those people's arguments that would talk like that. I mean, Kaepernick, yeah, he was very inaccurate at times, and he's kind of a system quarterback, but... This guy had the skill set. He had he was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. The guy could run a four four forty flat, and he had a cannon for an arm. So, I mean, not Patrick Mahomes is much more accurate and a far advanced quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but the skill set is definitely similar. Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl, went to an NFC Championship game after beating Rodgers in Lambeau. Yeah, and he beat Rodgers in a playoff game in San Francisco too. And so, those end years in San Francisco, they were not doing that. Was many a favors. bad team. That was a bad team. You know that that was a. They were not set up for him to succeed. And I I want to see Kaepernick play on some of these teams just because you, the NFL you're being you're being a joke. You really are being a joke. The teams that are playing some of these quarterbacks, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. 
there's no reason that Derek Anderson should be playing a game. There's no reason Nathan Peterman should be playing a game. I there's hope no he, reason C.J. Beathard should be playing a game. He, if his lawyer doesn't win this lawsuit that he has against the NFL, he's doing a bad job. Because all I would do is just pull up tape of uh, Nathaniel Peterman. What's his face? What's Derek the Giants Anderson, backup situation? Brock Osweiler. Their, their fourth-round draft pick just got arrested. Their yeah. their other quarterback has was a third was went from a division three school that's thrown nine passes in the NFL. What's going on? Uh, yeah, this guy's got to be in the NFL. Come on, I agree with you. But let's break down the game because Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in two years. So let's talk about a team that's actually played. Patriots. They probably should have won this game by forty, but they they got it out a win. They the game was close for about two and a half quarters, and then they started to pull away. And they just basically out-talented this team and out-coached them. But I don't really Pats have any other takeaways. Pat, yeah. Pats looked like, you know what, we're looking forward to that game against Rodgers. we got to go play for some reason. This is a Monday night game against the Bills. I don't know why the nation wants to watch this game, but okay, we'll go play there. And Belichick and the offense didn't show anything all game and just went off and said, we're going to save all of our all of our real plays and – and an execution for the Packers. Don't give them any tape to look at from this game in classic Belichick fashion. Yeah. And they made enough plays to win. When you get to play Derek Anderson, really nothing's too difficult. Nope. And Nathaniel Peterman is back this week because Derek Anderson, of course, got murdered and suffered a concussion. Excellent. I can't wait for the Nathan Peterman experiment to come back. I don't know who they play, but I will not be watching a snap of that game. Uh, But moving on to the next game, Andrew Luck beat the Raiders, who lost subsequently on Thursday, 42-28. This guy throws the ball more than anybody in the history of the league this season, and he's getting stronger and stronger every single week. Yeah, I think the neck's okay. I think the shoulder's okay. He's he's playing really well, man. Although it really only takes one bad hit in football. Of course it does. To go all the way back. Oh, no, of course, of course. But, you know, hopefully knock on wood for the kid and, and for the Colts, you know, that doesn't happen. And He's really, like you said, he's gotten so much stronger with his arm. You know, he was working through the kinks. You you call him the definition of check down Charlie on one of our early podcasts. Not this anymore. Series. No, he's throwing the ball. And, and it, he doesn't have the best of weapons to throw the ball Offensive to. Offensive line much improved. Yeah. And T.Y. Hilton, that's pretty much it. You got Jack Doyle coming back this week. And Eric Ebron, who was terrible in Detroit, has looked a little bit better. We really don't have to say much about the Oakland Raiders. We could talk about this game or the Niners game. That team is terrible. And we predicted it a lot earlier, as did a few other people on other podcasts, that the Raiders were going to be a dumpster fire. I didn't think they were going to be this bad, but I am loving every second of it. Let's get to them more when we discuss this past Thursday's game. Absolutely. So the Steelers finally, finally, finally ended the Hugh Jackson era. In era in well, Cleveland. it was a real, it was an error. It was an error on on picking him. You know, the, he he went on first take, said, "Oh, I picked Todd Haley and the Greg Williams because I was the CEO and stuff." Jesus Christ! If you were the CEO of a real company, there the the SEC, the FBI, whoever else would be looking into you for fucking insider trading, everything else, because this is just that was that was two years too long. Oh yeah. Listen, anytime, I mean, I didn't watch a second of Hard Knocks, but you talked to me a lot he, about it. The you, Browns were a sick dog, and they should have put it down two years ago. Any, I hate to say it. Anytime that you have to convince your team that you're the head coach and that you're the boss, that's not good. Obviously, he had no authority there. Obviously, that was a, a, a terrible situation from the get-go. And you know I was kind of drinking that Kool-Aid a little bit after – after uh, a couple good games there by Mayfield, but they went back to the this team. Is, Mayfield's really regressed too, and I don't think it's his fault at all whatsoever. No, I don't either. I mean, I'll tell you this: you want to talk about penalties from the Jets? Good God, the amount of horrible, terrible, mistimed penalties that the Cleveland Browns have, and that is a reflection of coaching more than anything else. They don't give themselves a single chance to win games because of that, and every game that is close, you know they're going to fuck it up somehow because there's too much bad karma. And I don't know how Greg Williams is going to be as the interim, as the interim head coach. Not good. And then you're you're gonna have to find another guy. You hope can kind of just lift, lift some of that. Wouldn't that be something? That would be I would funny. not put it past the Cleveland Browns to do something like that. But regardless of who they bring in, it's got to clean up some of this stink and this bad odor that's surrounded this franchise. And I think you know Hugh Jackson 
just made it even worse. He just made it worse. He just kept pouring gasoline onto an already lit fire. It was a it was a bad situation from the start, and it's finally done. And being a fan of a team that did let a head coach go midseason last year, you have to be especially bad to get fired midseason because coach, teams don't like well, to do that. I would say Hugh Jackson was especially bad winning, what, three games in the past couple of years and whatnot. Uh, he has the second worst record all time in the NFL. So that, that's that's enough said. Uh, from the Steelers side, you beat the Browns. Congrats! I still they're starting to think... make some moves though in this division yeah, because I don't think the Ravens are as good as we thought. The Ra- I think they're about neck and neck. We will find out this week when they play each other for sure down yeah. in Baltimore. And Big Ben and the Steelers really never play well in Baltimore. And this no. is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think I would say the Baltimore Ravens probably are the best defense right now. Yeah. I mean, this past week didn't show that, but when we get to that game, we'll analyze it. We'll go next. The Texans played the Thursday night game of Week 8. I know that feels like literally an eternity ago. They beat the Dolphins. Brocktober, that was not a great showing by him. Nope. But Will Fuller suffered an, a torn ACL. That That's was a tough. bad loss for them. But of course Watson I have really, on a fantasy team. Of course so you do. brutal. But Watson looked really good in that game, yeah, man. And, and the they defense went out and is made strong. A move, so we, we could talk about that a little bit later to kind of shore up that wide receiver two spot. Um, they've been running the ball really well. Lamar Miller has looked like he's had a resurgence out there. And, I mean, you're playing the Miami Dolphins, which aren't a very talented team. Is I this think five wins in a row for them now? Five wins in a row, yeah. And, and your MVP case, although it probably won't happen, it's too little too late for that. But your um, He plays in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes, too. Yeah, exactly. But your playoff prediction may, may be looking a little bit brighter. I think we both predicted them to win the division, so... That's a wide-open division. They, they definitely could win it, um, especially with the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of falling off there. But, yeah, th- this team has definitely looked a lot better, and, and I don't think there's going to be any stopping inside, especially picking up a Demarius Thomas. And I, I just think this is Watson rounded into form coming off that ACL injury last year. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You knew there was going to be rust, and he wasn't going to pull an Adrian Peterson really where you come back from Fuller, though. Oh, yeah. Because he, he opened great. up that offense. I mean, I know you got De- um, DeAndre Hopkins out there, who is a top three wide receiver in football, but now guys can really zero in on him, where before that, Will Fuller was basically wide open on almost every single play, and the guy, I don't know how fast he'll be after this ACL, but was one of the fastest guys in the league and could catch everything, so it's going to be tough. Guy's been killed by injuries since he came into the league out of Notre Dame. Is this his second ACL? No, he, I don't think he ever had an ACL. He had a broken collarbone last year, and he's had... I think he was drafted with a hamstring injury. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah some of, some of some of those guys, you know, you just are. That's just who they are. Yep. They're just you know riddled with injuries, and it doesn't seem like they ever catch a break. Last thing on Watson, though, you know, he wasn't going to pull an Adrian Peterson and come back from a torn ACL and just go nuts different and look position. better than ever. But different position. We spoke to this. You spoke to it more intelligently than I did a couple weeks back. Oh, come on, <laughs> for real. This is that's like saying I speak the pod more intelligently. Obviously, that's absolutely not true. And anybody <laughs> that listens knows that you're, you sound like a clown sometimes. Um, but no, I think that I think that Watson. You definitely he he fueled your argument, and now that he's gotten on a roll and he's gotten consistency in the pocket, running around the pocket, that offensive line does not do him any favors. He's running around a lot, which actually benefits his the style of play that he has, which is he's a more accurate passer out of the pocket than in. I like him a lot, and uh, you know this Texan team. I think that you got to bet on them to win this division, but. Most talent for sure, even with losing Fuller, because they improved their wide receiver core after they lost him. Especially the opposite direction that the Jaguars are going. Um, the final game, though, that I'm going to talk about from the AFC victory side is the Cincinnati Bengals. What a weird, wild game that yeah. was. They They're, were kicking the shit out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, that's because Jameis was playing And Jameis Winston. And they put in their wild card. Looked as bad as you possibly can. I don't know where he Can't was throwing wait the, the ball Giants a trade for him. times. Please do not put that kind of karma on me. I've had to deal with enough. You're a bad <laughs> guy and a bad bad friend. Um, but Jameis Winston, no, that was I. I don't know where he's throwing the ball half the time. Like usually, you can see on a bad throw of okay, he missed the coverage or he just didn't see the guy. He's throwing the ball like 10 yards over people's heads. He's, you know, having wide receivers run into each other on routes. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And then there's the wild card. Just when you think Andy Dalton and the Bengals are going to cakewalk through this game, 
Here comes Fitzmagic. With in no the, expectations, best, and that's when he plays in the, best. In his best case scenario, the you know the house is against him, the world's against him. They have no expectations, as you said, and he's going to just come in and set the world on fire. And he did, almost leading the Buccaneers to a crazy comeback. They did lose 37-34. The Buccaneers season is done, and they're actually in a world of trouble with that quarterback position because you know the inconsistencies of Fitzpatrick. You don't want to commit to him. And obviously, Winston cannot show that he's a consistent NFL quarterback either. So yeah. they're going to be they're going to be fishing for for a quarterback soon. I think it's really interesting. Does Fitzpatrick do it again? Does he pull the rug over the eyes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like he did the Houston Texans, the Buffalo Bills, and the New York Jets and rob them blind and do they take a chance on Fitz next year? It'll be really interesting to I see. I don't in the think offseason. so only due to the fact that he's already had a major regression this year. So, you know, after he had those couple games, what was it, the first three weeks, he went nuts, and then he had a horrible two weeks, three weeks, and turned back into that proverbial pumpkin. Now, Well, Jameis Winston's making him look pretty good out there, is he not? Oh, he really is. He really is. And talk about a first overall pick bust. That's a bust. Jameis Winston has not worked out, and they paid him too, so that's even that's even worse for them. Um, as for the as for the Bengals, this AFC North it, it can it, be had. It can be had. They obviously show that they have firepower, and we know that they can score points. We know that they can have impressive showings. But to me, this game was very emblematic of a Marvin Lewis team. You got very complacent. You should have won this game, walk going away by you know thirty points, and you yep. let this other team right into it by taking the foot off the gas pedal and just looking incredibly lazy and complacent as if the game was already over. You can't do that in the NFL, and they do that too many times. Well, his buddy Hugh got fired, so let's see if he's the next to go. But why don't we move on to the NFC? Real quick, you talked about Hugh Jackson being two years too long. I think this is about 15 years too long for Marvin Lewis. Yeah, he's the second most tenured coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick, believe it or not. Yeah, those two names do not belong in the same sentence. Insanity, but the Rams continue to... Be undefeated. They take advantage of a guy who is now a Baltimore Raven, deservedly so, in Ty Montgomery. They should have traded him to Buffalo after what he did. Um, and they win 29-27. to They do not cover, but they keep winning. This game, I mean, Aaron Rodgers did all that he could. He really did. And Aaron Jones had a great game, the running back, but the Rams are just too good. And, and that Ty Montgomery blunder was an all-timer. It really was, and then it was weird because obviously I'm sure you were watching it live as well. You you just you're watching this happen, and you can't believe it. Yeah, you, there's over two minutes plus the but timeout. In you, the if you're gonna go if you're gonna go undefeated or you're gonna go 14 and two or 15 and one, you need breaks like this. You're not gonna win every game like you're gonna win the Minnesota Vikings game where you sl- where you're slinging the ball down the field and everyone's catching everything. Sometimes you need some lucky breaks. And they got one here. Oh, absolutely. I was talking more from the Packers. Like You, you oh, can't believe that this is happening. And with over two minutes, so you have the two-minute warning and a timeout with Rodgers. That's a dub right with there. With 75 yards to go, you're, you're not giving him a chance. And it sounded like, you know, from all the, all the remarks from the players in the locker room post-game and into Monday before that Montgomery was traded, it sounded like he, he just went full out rogue and was like yeah, no i think everybody I, told him to take a knee and i don't he's think like, that's what it sounded like i think that's what happened yeah i think they told him like basically let it go it. take a knee and yeah you can't go rogue on a team when they tell you to do that especially when you got aaron Rodgers. if you had nathaniel peterman i would have supported it but you know you're trying to make a play when you got a guy who's the all-time playmaker at your at your quarterback just let him take care of business. Very selfish decision, and I think that that has been an issue with the Packers organization for the last few years. No, they have not been the most talented team, but with Rodgers, they should win more than they have. Yeah. Obviously discounting the, the games that Rodgers has been out, but what a horrible decision. But once again, McVay, there seems to be some magic out in Los Angeles this year. We, we've we seen it a couple of times this year. The, the Rams are still undefeated. I can't wait for the matchup this week against the Saints. That's going to be so much fun. Um, going on to the next game, speaking of those Saints, in a possible NFC Championship game and a rematch from that wild NFC Divisional this past year, your Super Bowl representative out of the NFC beat mine. 
And Breeze and the yep. Saints looked really good, and Cousins and the Vikings left a little bit to be desired. Well, they had a tough fumble from a guy who's been the West best wide receiver in football, and Adam Thielen. I'm sure he'll be fine. A uh, hundred yard game every single game this season, which is just incredible. But it was right before halftime when they were really driving it down the field, and and that could have totally changed the game. And I really think it shifted momentum. But aside from that. Yeah, they just didn't make enough plays. You saw Stefan Diggs get hurt in this game. We'll see if he even plays this week. Dalvin Cook's still hurt, but it really doesn't matter because you have a very good run, backup running back in Latavius Murray who could start on on both teams. But, yeah, this defense left a lot to be desired last week. That's what I take away from this. Me too, man. That defense doesn't seem to be playing with the same level of intensity I don't know or maybe they're just not the continuity isn't there I don't know what it is but the the, the and their head coach the, is one of the best defensive coaches he is, in the and league that, and the players on that on that defense should be one of the best in the league if not the best in the league and they're not they're not playing up to their potential I don't know really what it is I'm not sure if it's a hangover from last year or you know maybe a couple guys are just having downward ticks into in their careers as they get older and they're more names now but Whatever it was, I mean, the the Saints look like an unstoppable force right now, and the only team that could pro- possibly beat them would be the Los Angeles Rams, and we'll see how that game plays out yep. this Sunday. Um, we're going to head over next over to um, the Panthers. Over to the Panthers. There it is. Yeah. So the Panthers over the Ravens, and those Ravens did not look good, man. They, they really didn't weren't able to score and talk about a defense that's really good. God, they sucked against the against the Panthers and Greg Olson had a day. Yeah, I just think this is a throwaway game for them. They've had a few of these, so maybe you could be right, but every once in a while they put up a couple shit games. Uh, I think it's move on to the next one. They were probably looking ahead to the Steelers to be honest with you in Baltimore, which is going to be if they, be that's going to be, you know, cl- the closest thing to the Super Bowl aside from that. So, yeah, tough tough game. Okay, so where do you see the NFC South right now? Is it is it a runaway for the Saints cuz I think the Panthers are keeping it right there. A runaway for the Saints. Really? Yes. They've really rounded into form and I'm just going to I'm I'm very confident in my Super Bowl pick and I think Drew Brees is probably a top 3 MVP candidate. Uh, it's a runaway for me. Interesting. They're still not fully healthy. They still haven't fully integrated Mark Ingram back into the offense after being suspended for four games or whatever it was. I just think I think that they're going to overcome everything. This this Panthers team is a Luke Keekley injury away from just being shredded on defense cuz they go as Luke Keekley goes. That guy can get injured at any second. He can sneeze and get a concussion. I know it sucks. I'm not ready to throw it in just yet though. I mean, the Panthers, remember, they're only a couple years removed from a Super Bowl run. Cam has You're been right. there, done that. They're 5 and 2 and they're home against the Buccaneers this week. So realistically they should be i know should and that never seems to really work out right but they yeah. should be 6 and 2 and if the rams stay undefeated that's a that's a lo- another loss there for the saints and before you know it now they're now they're all even so i'm not ready to give it up yet obviously the saints look great but the panthers are kind of flying under the radar they've had a couple very impressive wins that i don't think that they've been getting the attention that they might deserve well when you got the rams and you got the the uh chiefs in the league of course it's tough to get some recognition but i think that's just how they want it they'll surprise people i guess they'll be a sleeper team i was just shocked at how many points they put up against a pretty good raven defense oh the panthers yeah absolutely so why don't we move on to the seattle seahawks who have evolved into a running and defense team it's basically throwing it back to 2012 or whenever they won the super bowl against Peyton Manning when they blew the Broncos out of the building. But they beat up on the on the uh, Detroit Lions. What did you think of that game? I think that was a great indication that maybe Matt Patricia isn't as high and mighty as we thought. Remember, there we? Were, <laughs> who, who the fuck is we? I've been talking shit about him since this offseason. You don't let me have any fun. I had to, I had to get you with that because he's beaten you. He's fucked you over so many times this year that You're you were right. ready to concede that he might be the best coach of all time, and now he <laughs> went back to to you know exactly what you thought he was, and what a lot of people thought he was with that fucking pencil behind his ear. Um, that was a bad loss, and they they just got snacks Harrison. So you would think that they'd be riding momentum of a team showing, hey, we're making a move here to to maybe show that we are a playoff team and that we're going to give it our all and that we're we're ready to take that next step. And 
you know, the Seahawks, obviously, they have some talent. We know that. But you shouldn't lose by 14 at home. And that's they're, they've lost some bad games at home. That Jet game, obviously, and now this one. And, and to flip it to the other side, the Seahawks now – Maybe they could maybe they could be alive for an NFC wild card spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, weren't they the team who went eight and eight or seven and seven and nine and got a home playoff? Yeah, game in two thousand nine, a few years ago. I mean, they're so. four and three now, and you that home field for them is still a huge advantage when they play at home. They've got the yeah. Chargers coming in this week. Your AFC representative pick. Yeah, that and one's we'll incredible. See, but we'll see how that game works out. But just to get back to this game for a second, Russell Wilson looks so good. He looked so good in this game, and I'm was i I'm very impressed with the way Pete Carroll has that team playing defense. It's no longer the Legion of Boom. Earlier this year, it definitely seemed like they were kind of ready to go mutiny on him, especially once Earl Thomas you know, going through that ugly contract dispute and then breaking his leg. And now that defense is kind of under new personnel and younger players has kind of rallied around him and, yeah. and rallied around Pete Carroll, and they're playing pretty well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think once he got all those guys especially – they Earl very Thomas easily out could have there. beaten the Rams a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that that locker room kind of flipped when he got rid of all the older veterans that wanted him gone and started having guys behind him. Because you know Russell Wilson's going to be behind him no matter what. He's just that type of player where he'll just do what he's told. Yeah. Um, but why don't we move on to the final game of this week, and then we'll talk about the Thursday night game for like two seconds because not really much to talk about there. But the Eagles go out to London, and they take down the undefeated – Sir, in London, undefeated. Sir Blake Bortles, 24-18, no longer undefeated. There's a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville. Have you heard that before? No, is this new? (laughs) Yeah, right? The goat, the boat, the best of all time. (laughs) Blake Bortles, finally, they're talking about replacing him. Well, he was replaced in-game a couple days ago. No, no, Blaine Gabber is with the Titans. Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry, that was a few years back. (laughs) How God, dare my you? Years confused. Yeah, seriously. Uh, no, this is Cody Kessler now. So former Cleveland Brown, Cody Kessler. Yeah, can't you say that about basically every quarterback in the league? That's say about basically somewhere? any player in the league. True, very true. Yeah, man. And I have a point, by the way. Sidebar: I'm sick and tired of hearing these. Oh, revenge game. Oh, Willie Sneed goes back to play the Saints. Revenge game. First of all. You have to be good enough for it to be a revenge game, okay? I'll give you an example of a real revenge game. Drew Brees playing the San Diego Chargers who let him go coming off a shoulder injury where he's won a Super Bowl since. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a revenge game against any of his former teams, okay? Because then at almost every single week that he plays, it'd be a fucking revenge game. I don't want to hear this revenge game shit anymore. I'm done with it. I hear it every week. You listen to every podcast. Would you rather oh. hear battle-tested? Maybe. That's a tough one. I don't want to hear that, oh, so-and-so kicker who's kicked for eight different teams and stole another bag of cash from another team is having a revenge game after he missed eight field goals and some other team cut him. I'm tired of hearing this revenge game shit. But let's move on to the game. I've had just about enough of that. So, yeah, the Eagles won. They traded for Golden Tate. They're going to be better, and I think they're going to win this division. (laughs) Is that, is that good enough for you? I'm just staring into space as I saw you just take a completely ridiculous rant there out of out of thin air. I'm, I'm kind of still in disbelief. If you want to keep talking, let me gather myself. <laughs> no, uh, I think the Eagles are winning this division too. Uh, obviously, the Redskins well, are making it We talked before. But. I do think the Redskins are legit. I do think the Redskins have an opportunity to win a couple more games, and because of that terrible loss that the Eagles suffered at the hands of the Panthers, allowing them to come back and win that game late in the fourth. That game, I do believe, when you lose games like that, that was those are ones that you look back on and say, motherfucker, I can't believe we lost that game. But they have the most talent in this division. Yeah. They have, they're coming off the Super Bowl, rounding into form maybe. Wentz does look really good. Maybe this upgrade at wide receiver helps them and maybe kind of contributes to the way a J.I.J.I. did last year when they got him at the trade deadline from Well, the they needed Dolphins. a slot wide receiver, and, and they got one. Golden Tate's probably the best. He's, He's the up best there. at yards after catch, that's for sure. He always leads the league in that, and, and so Aguilar weird. has been not very good. And so weird that the Lions decided one week that they're going to buy and acquire Harrison, and then the next week they're going to sell and trade Tate. Well, they have two players, two younger players. I, I can't remember their names that they really like, and they know they're not winning the Super Bowl. They got a third-round so draft pick out yeah, of it, too. I, so. I would definitely make that trade 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. And they have two good wide receivers aside from him and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Right, so the NFC is a two-team race. We know that. 
and at the end of the race, I think it's going to be that the Eagles are standing at the top of the Counting podium. Counting out but the Amari Cooper Dallas Cowboys, huh? I'm not even going to respond to that. Of course I am. <laughs> okay. Right, now right. next. No, just real quick though, with with the now with this situation with Week the Jaguars. Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, just to finish up on them, man, because I think we have to. I can't believe how bad the defense has been. And you were right about that. I thought the defense was just as good. Now, I will say, I think a lot of it's a product of just the fact that they can't that play with broken. much morale yeah. because the they know that they're going to be on the field basically the entire game. You know, I feel the same way with the Giants' defense. It's so hard to play defense when your offense is never getting anything yeah. done. And you see guys like Jalen Ramsey, he just quits. He's a bad guy, well, bad locker room guy. At, he is a bad guy. I can't stand him talking about. I don't know about, him personally, but yes, he's a bad yeah, locker room guy. Clearly, how about gonna, that? We'll leave it at that. All right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it the next step Whoa. forward. So he's not coming on the pod either. Nope, that's fine. I don't need him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's a bad situation down there. And the way that the Texans are have have swayed on the uptick, completely reverse on the seesaw right there is the as the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if they're putting Cody Kessler in. How are they winning games? Is he better than Blake Bortles? I mean, can we can yeah. we have a game where one team has Nathan Peterman and one team has Blake Bortles and we can see who wins this this game? <sighs> Jesus. I do not want to watch that game. I wouldn't watch a second of it. But why don't we talk about the beginning of week nine with the Thursday night football game? We'll do this really quick because it was a terrible game. Um, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, future, future giant great. <laughs> future giant great Nick Mullins had himself a NFL debut. I will put it to you that way. They win 34-3. to I think the guy had three passing touchdowns. Great game for him, and the Raiders scored three points. Future Giants, other Giants quarterback, Derek Carr, did not play too well, but he it was really wasn't killed. his fault. He got murdered in that game. And I'm none surprised of the he was able were, to make it home. None of the sacks were his fault. I oh, my that. God. Have you ever, have you seen a team that's quit more on their coach than this Raiders team that's quit on Gruden? No, not at all. I, I mean, even I, the Browns, you speaking, can't really say because the Browns were so bad that yeah. it didn't really matter. This speaking team of, has talent. This team doesn't suck. Yeah, speaking of Gruden, I was talking to my friend, and I looked at him, and I said, you know we'll be 34 when this guy's contract is over? That's insane. That means that's I'll be crazy. Thirty-seven. Ew. Yeah, dude, you're old. Um, <laughs> why don't we go back that's and take? Depressing. Why don't we go back and go over some league news, and we'll recap our picks, and we'll make some picks this week. Side note: This should be your favorite week, week nine of the NFL season, because the Giants, the Giants are on by this don't week. play. I don't have Absolutely. to see them lose. It's going to be a lot of red zone. I don't have to talk about the Giants next week on the podcast. I'm well, gonna be unless somebody higher, else gets arrested, I'm going to be in a better mood next week when we do the Giant when we talk about the week. All right. So the first thing I want to go over, I mentioned it. I'll do a quick little thing on it. Is Le'Veon Bell? So basically, everybody thought Le'Veon Bell was going to come back Tuesday after the trade deadline was over. Clearly, he didn't. Don't really understand this because if I was him, I would have signed during the bye week. Took a million dollars basically for free. The guy has lost out by not showing up. If I were to round it off on $8 million, which is insanity. But here's the deal now because that's all in the past. Let's not dwell on that. He has to sign the franchise tag by 401 or 359. One of those minutes right there. He better get that right. He better sign at the <laughs> right time. He has to sign on Tuesday by about 4 o'clock p.m. for the franchise tag to go through and for him to become 100% eligible for free agency next year. If he doesn't, the Steelers have the ability to offer him a franchise tag again. Well, not offer him, but slap the franchise tag on go. him again next year, which would he would be in the same exact situation as this year. So if there was any time where we would do predicting on if he's going to sign or not, because all he wants to do is become a free agent, I would guess it's probably before 4 o'clock on Tuesday. So between after the Steelers play, when do they play? Sunday at 4 o'clock in Baltimore? 4 o'clock Baltimore, yep. Yep. Between whenever that game ends at like 8 o'clock, uh, 7.30, whatever, and 4 o'clock on Tuesday, I think he signs. He better. I mean, he's taken a really he's taken this further than I thought he would, and yeah. a lot of people thought he I think, would. I don't think anybody ever. I don't, I really don't think even he Listen, thought this was going to happen. I believe that 
the Earl Thomas situation just shed even more of a light and gave more validity to his decision. Yep. And I, you know what? He's given one hell of a FU to the Steelers and really the NFL too, you know, for the way that they can monopolize their players. And this is going to get even more ugly. You know, that locker room clearly doesn't want him back. And I know yeah. from a skill set, he would help a big time, but now he hasn't played in nine going on nine weeks and you don't really know how quick it's going to take him to get yeah. back into game shape. I mean, the, and clearly, he's not going to step back in there and be Le'Veon Bell. James Conner's not going away. Nope, and he's taken over a stranglehold of that running and back he's position. Been a top he's been 10 great. Back he's been awesome this yep. year. And now the Steelers are starting to look like they're they're getting their swagger back. And maybe bringing back Le'Veon Bell would be the worst thing that they could do. And regardless of what happens afterwards with this franchise i think the steelers could just say fuck you man you you know what you win but we don't want you back we're not going to put the franchise tag on you you can be a free agent you can go wherever the hell you want we've moved on and you know best of luck that that i think it might it's leaning that way just from the standpoint of the locker room and and what they've got going on now i mean when you play more than half a season without a guy that's not related to injury there's some bad mojo going on if you bring him back in there. Yeah, I agree with you. And there was bad mojo from the beginning when he didn't sign week one when his offensive linemen were talking shit about him publicly to the media. Yeah, so that's going to be so much worse now. Because now what you do is you move on from psychologically, right? You're bitter, you're angry. Maybe that carries into a couple of games that you lose and you say, this selfish motherfucker isn't on this team. We really need him. Look at him sitting there or going on the jet skis down in Miami. But now it's like, you know what? Eight weeks in, heading on nine. Don't really need you, man. We're we're doing just fine. We're starting to find our groove now. We're t- we're focused on making a playoff run, and it's going to be without you. And I think if you bring him back in, it's going to be it, you, that team's not going to gel. And say what I think in the in football, the locker room matters. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So we'll definitely have to keep up with that. Nothing's changed since week one, so we'll have to see how that Crazy goes. Crazy story. Uh, we'll move on to a few trades. We'll just run down these really quick. So the Broncos traded Demarius Thomas to the Texans. What was that for a third round pick? Fourth round pick, yeah. Fourth round pick, and they swapped seventh round picks mm-hmm. as well. Um, this definitely improves the Texans. Demarius Thomas is not the same player as back when they won the Super Bowl. Can't take the top off the defense like he used to, but he's still sure-handed, runs really good routes, and I think he'll be a nice second wide receiver for to replace Will Fuller out there. And Houston had to do something because I don't think Kiki Cutie and Vincent Smith were going to be enough for them to make the playoffs. So him as a replacement was good. From the Denver side, Cortland Sutton was going to be his replacement next year anyways, and I think they just kind of expediated that and got a draft pick out of it. This guy's a stud, and he's going to be really good within the next couple years if they can get a quarterback out there. I just think they wanted to get him some reps this year. Yeah, and that's a good move by both teams, You know, speaking to both situations that the teams are in respectively. What I like about Demarius Thomas is he's got – He's got that ability to make big plays in big moments. I know they were looking, teams were really focused on Emmanuel Sanders. The Broncos weren't ready to trade him yet. But Thomas, you know, in the last year of his deal, he knows how to make, he knows how to play really good football late in games, knows how to get open, runs good routes, as you spoke to. And I think he's going to be a great security blanket. He's not Will Fuller, but he's a really good security blanket to take some pressure off of uh, DeAndre Hopkins and give Watson another target. For the for the Broncos, good for them. You know, kind of start your rebuild now too. Yeah, definitely agree with you. So the next trade we'll go over is another, another wide receiver pick. Why don't you give us your opinion on this one, Sean? Golden Tate, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, traded for a third-round pick from the um, – Detroit Lions, I don't even know where they're from. Who cares, though? Matt Patricia is their head coach. And <laughs> You're so to the salty. Philadelphia Eagles. You are so salty about him. So he's not coming on the pod either, huh? Who, Matt Patricia? Yeah, him we and, Jay- and Jalen Ramsey will not be on the podcast, Him, Jalen Ramsey, or Gruden, off the pod. Off the pod. All right, uh, see you guys later. No, I, I think this was a great move by the Philadelphia Eagles, and they've had a knack of doing this midseason, like I spoke to last year. You know, Jay Ajayi was a huge pickup for them. Their running game, we remember they were suffering injuries last year from the running back position after Darren Sproles was hurt for the year. They were able to acquire a Jai, led them to a Super Bowl. 
And now Golden Tate running a slot, just giving Carson Wentz another option to throw the ball to. Great with yards after the catch. I thought that the Lions getting a third rounder for him was pretty good, probably the highest they could have sold on him. And for a team that's going to be looking to take that next step in the NFC North uh, going forward next year, even if it's Matt Patricia leading the team, um, they had to start that, and and a third another third round pick always helps. So good move there by both teams. Again, wide receivers a lot of moves this year with wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we move on to the defensive side of the ball? Dante Fowler goes to the number wow. former number three overall pick who has not lived up to that drafting, but still a very good interior lineman. Going out to the L.A. with the Rams. He's actually a defensive end. He's not an interior defensive lineman, and he's going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups with Sue and Don- and is Aaron Don- Donald. Donald. Aaron Donald. I'll get it someday. I don't know if you will. You're so infatuated with your boy Darnold <laughs> that I don't think you can, and I'll help you out. Um, I think that that was one of the most incredible moves of a trade deadline. And, and I know he has not lived up to the third overall pick, but you know what? He is a damn good player. And I know some people aren't in love with him. He's a really good player. And to put him in that situation with that defensive line and those other pass rushers. Oh my God. I mean, talking about an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. He, if he it, can't play up to a par there, then he was a bust of a pick. And, and I just, I love everything about the Rams. You know how complacent you can be to say we're undefeated and have the best team in the league. No, they're going out and getting even freaking better. Incredible. I love that. What the owner's doing there. I love what the management's doing. You know I love McVeigh, maybe not as much as you, but that whole team's just saying, fuck the world, we're going to just do everything we can to get better, and they just did. Somehow, they did get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other the other draft pick, the, uh, the other draft pick, the other, the other trade that we had was Clinton Dix, ha-ha Clinton Dix from your Alabama to the Washington Redskins, sure up that secondary there. I think this will help them out. I still don't see them as a as a playoff team. I guess I'll have to be proven wrong, especially with the Eagles' recent move. But he that one's interesting. Lot. And then again, the other trade that we have is Ty Montgomery, and he's going to be the third running back on that roster behind Ty- um, J- uh, Javorius Allen and Alex, Alex Collins. Collins. So yeah, I think that that was a good pickup by the Ravens. Now, obviously, he, he could had- be a punt return guy. He was a wide receiver, so. Definitely he gives can, him some depth. Yeah, he's not going to be he's not going to be a blocking back. He, he's not going to be in there to to block for Joe Flacco by all means. Oh God, but, no! But it, but thank and good for the Packers just saying get the hell out. Yeah, and I mean, listen, that two headed monster they have in Aaron Jones, who's took over the number one job and literally ripped it out of the hands of Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams is definitely good enough for them out there. I think I think both teams won on that deal. Yeah, and just quick about the Clinton Dix move. The Redskins defense is already really good, but the secondary leaves a little to be desired. He's going to shore it up a lot. Good move Absolutely. by them. Absolutely, and there's a lot of young safeties in Green Bay, so they could have managed to, even though he was the best out of all of them, he's a little bit older, and they definitely could manage to have lost him. So let's move on to our picks this week. Um, I went 2-2. Two and two, You went... Three and one, my friend. Good job by you. Um, so I will go over my picks first. I picked Chicago at home against the Jets. The Jets are the Jets are just decimated by injuries, so that one was an easy one. I picked the Giants. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing that again. I have to see the spread. Haven't even looked at them yet. But well, they don't play this week, so you don't have to worry about it. You're right. I forgot about that. But next week I'll have to look at the spread. That was that was tough. I mean, if they start Loetta, they'll be they'll have a little bit better of a chance than with. Uh, with Eli, <laughs> and uh, I had Keep Seattle clown. Seattle underdog at Detroit. That was right, and then my sperm bank pick of the week. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Baltimore Ravens <laughs> so bad. Oh and four, man. He's so bad at oh this and segment. four. This and one is bad. Now but. this segment has gotten even funnier because it was funny to begin with, and now the fact that we've seen Tom's entire possible family go up in flames. Right? Yeah, very infertile. Um, but let's move on to Sean's picks from last week. Sean went three and one. He picked the Eagles in London. That was a nice pick against the Sir Blake Bortles. Picked Chicago. Picked Washington. And the last one that you got wrong, which if you're watching what the first three and a half quarters of this game, you were probably saying, "Shit, I'm going four and zero, sitting pretty." Nope. Backdoor cover by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, Fitzmagic. Ah, what can you do? Fitzmagic got to you. But why don't we move on to our picks from this week? We'll go over the locals first, and then we'll move on to two picks 
um, that each of us have. So I will start. The New York Jets are at the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Give me the Miami Dolphins this week. I will also take the Miami Dolphins. I've had my fun taking the Jets uh, last week. I did not, and this week I will not do it either. I'll raise you with that. Um, I do like the I, I do like the Dolphins in this game. They're such a weird Jekyll and Hyde team. I don't know. I mean, the Jets could win this game just simply because Brock Osweiler is Brock Osweiler, but I think they make enough plays. Who's Darnold throwing the ball to? Uh, yeah, give me the Dolphins, especially because they're at home. Now, we are going to pick a third random game because the Why Giants don't, do don't this? play. We'll do an audible here. We'll force ourselves to pick the Monday night game. That'll uh, be uh, our second That'll be our second local that. of the week. You want to okay. do that? Yeah, so 8-15 on Monday night, Dallas Cowboys at home against the Tennessee Titans. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you think, my friend? Uh, I don't like the Cowboys, but I, I think they're going to take this game by a touchdown. So I'm I think in lockstep with you. Yeah. I think they force feed Amari Cooper the ball this and I think game, they win this game. This game reeks of like 17-7. That's a good call. 17-9 I completely nine, agree with you. Something like that. So we both have Dallas Because the Dallas defense has been very good. Like you can't really yeah. shit on them and the, and the Titans are they they don't score points really no. at all. So Mariota that team has just been a disappointment all year. Their yeah. defense is good but the rest of the team has just been a, a huge disappointment. The only player on that team that's kind of lived up to anything is Deion Lewis. Um, but yeah, that, those that'll be our our secondary local this I year. I like it, and we'll so. do that next time when the Jets are on by two. Absolutely. So cool. that's the Monday night game. Why don't we go ahead and pick our two games? I have the. Let's see. This is my first time looking at the spread, so I'm just gonna go over it. Wow, the Rams are favored at at on the road against the Super New Dome. Orleans. At some point, this has to come to an end. Give me the New You're Orleans. You're not Saints. picking this game, are you? Yes. Wow. Sorry, I had somebody's to got some balls. Yes, somebody's yes. got some. Ball. I'm not touching that game. No, nah, I'm sorry. At some point, this has to come. At some point, this undefeated thing has to come to an end. And if there's any week that it's going to happen, for sure, it's this one. Houston's at Denver. Denver's okay. a one point favorite. Um, I'm going to go with Houston. I like nice Houston call. here. Nice okay, call. this game's going to be close though. Remember, Denver's played some t- some very good games at home. And I don't think people love the Texans right now um, with Fowler being out. And I still think that they're a product of a horrible division, but they have won five in a row and somebody's got to get on that bandwagon and keep it going. You know, I love Deshaun Watson. Now that Demarius Thomas is shipped out, I don't know what the aura around that team is, but I do like the Texans to cover and win this game. <laughs> All right. So my last pick, this is my sperm bank pick of the week brought to you by Trojan. So <laughs> brought in a sponsor for this one although i probably wouldn't need him because i'm very infertile when it comes to this but we're getting way too much into your personal life i want no part or i want to hear anything about <laughs> talking it. about picks bro but this is my sperm bank pick of the week and i am gonna put it on the washington redskins at home minus one and a half against atlanta atlanta is a very first of all atlanta is a very different team when they're outside of the mercedes-benz dome or whatever the hell they play in down there and they're not going to be able to run the ball either because this is one of the best run defenses. Devontae Freeman's already been put on the IR. He's done for the year pretty much. I think that the, I think that the Washington wins by at least three points. All right. All right. And this defense sucks. So if Alex Smith can pass on anybody, <laughs> I, I, was I would hope it's that. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm going to the next game, my last game of the week. Carolina is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a big number. That's a large number. I don't know what the hell is going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week to week. I don't expect them to win, but I don't know what they're going to do. They just fucked me last week with the return of Ryan Fitzmagic. I do not think that he does it week two, week two in a row. Cam and that Panther offense is rolling. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they cover. Give me the Panthers, and they are keeping pace in this NFC South. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that just about wraps it up for this podcast. So we pretty much recapped last week. Um, Quick turnaround. Absolutely. Tomorrow morning, we start with the NFL week nine. It's crazy. Everybody enjoy We're those so games. Far. Oh, I can't believe how fast this season's gone by. Hey, it's that's football every single year. So we will be back on Monday evening with our rundown pod. Might have a little college basketball preview in I there for you. I think we have to. I think we have to. I guess I'm going to be doing some homework tomorrow. Um, 
And then we'll be back on Wednesday again with the NFL pod. Thankfully, the baseball season's over, and we don't have to talk about that for a while. But No, we can let that go. Yeah, absolutely. So that pretty much wraps it up, guys. Have fun watching football tomorrow. Enjoy your weekends.